Hello, everybody. I'm Clay Brace, and it's showtime here on this beautiful Global Warming Saturday right here on Air Radio 1180 WFYL, folks. Every Saturday morning at 7 a.m. on this channel, you've been tuning in to us because you know that we're the, we're the oasis of truth and we are the source of authenticity and exactitude. And you tune into us for expert opining, whether you live in Reading or whether you live in Birchboro, King of Prussia, Jagendown, or Hensburg, it doesn't matter, folks. You're tuning into us because you know we have the truth that comes at you at the speed of sound. And we, we've got a whole lot to talk about here, folks. Today, we're, we're going to jump right into it. First off, I want to talk a little bit about the list that everyone's been waiting for, the, the list that people have been waiting for nationwide, the the worst state list by CNNBC. Okay, that worst state list. We want to talk a little bit about that. We want to talk about how democracies end up reverting to dictatorships. We want to look at a weaponized DOJ, and we want to talk about what that's all about. And of course, the consumer confidence. And uh, it's not as high as the fake news wants us to believe. And uh, we're going to get into some other some other news of the day. So, uh, folks, fasten your seatbelts. It's going to come at you very quickly. I'm going to shift from topic to topic at the speed of sound. So you may want to get a good hold if you can't get your seatbelts fastened in time. So let's jump right into it. First off, I want to talk a little bit about what happens. Well, the CNNBC's worst state list. Now, this is the list that everyone's been waiting for. Okay, this is the list that I mean, people moving across the country, people looking to plan their their new life somewhere across the country, somewhere. They they want to look for a state that is not of the 10 worst state lists, okay? that that's a, I should say, that is not on the list of the 10 worst states. Now, CNNBC published this list. I think this is a combat list to go after the Republican states. It's really, really amazing. I mean... When they rate the states, they put Florida as the 10th worst and Texas as the worst of the worst. Um, all the red states, every state is a red state. How is this possible when Americans are fleeing left-wing states like California, New Jersey, uh, Illinois, Pennsylvania, New York, and Connecticut? I mean, how how, how is that even possible when Democrats are running from I should say people are running from Democrat-run states, fleeing from those states and heading to, to the states that CNNBC says are the worst. Okay, you know, the states that are growing in population, what's really compelling on this, years ago, I remember New York. New York used to be a Republican state. Uh, well, let's go, let's go back 100 and, let's go back, oh golly, uh, let's go back 180 years, 170 years. The Republicans lived in the, in the North, and the uh, Democrats lived in the South. Then we had the Civil War. We had the Civil War that 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 took place. And after the Civil War and after Reconstruction, the uh, Republicans were in the North, the Democrats were in the South, and it, that really stayed the way it was until probably the 80s, and that's when Reagan came in. And that's when a lot of these Northern states like New York started changing tremendously. Uh, in Pennsylvania, I mean, if you look at the states like New York and Pennsylvania and, and others like that, you know, California, now California was growing through the 90s. It's not been to the last 15, 20 years that California has been dropping in population. But 
but these others like Pennsylvania, let's look at the state we live in here. Pennsylvania is a state that uh, in 1970 um, had 27 electoral votes, electoral college votes. And today uh, they're likely going to be under 20. Okay. They've lost congressional districts. Every census, they lose another congressional district. I believe we're down to, um, I think we're down now to uh, 17 congressional districts in the state. I think that's very compelling. Okay. I, I think it's, uh, it's just really telling on how that is. And uh, I mean, well, the congressional said electoral votes. They dropped a bunch of electoral votes. They've lost population. Pennsylvania has a smaller workforce today, a smaller workforce today than they had in 1970. And that's just a fact. Okay. That's just a fact. And I think it's very telling. Okay. Cause we're looking at workforce sizes and we're seeing how, well, how the, uh, you know, how we, we're, we're watching how the, uh, consumer confidence. And of course you've got people out there declaring that, uh, we're on an economic increase and America's unemployment numbers are decreasing, but America's employment numbers always decreasing unemployment is is really not the measure here it's the number of americans working we have we have in this country 13 million job openings right now which is more than double what it was three years ago now three years ago we had six million job openings and today we have 13 million job openings and I, it, what that means is we have fewer we have fewer employed americans today than we had just three years ago okay Three years ago, we had about 167 million working Americans. Today, we have less than 160 million working Americans, like 158, 159 million working Americans. Now, that's just the truth you can bank out of Denver, folks, with 13 million job openings. There's there's just people that are jumping off the labor market right now and getting into things like, uh, well, getting into the un underground economy or getting into, uh, you know, just a going on uh, retiring or whatever it is they're doing, but they're not contributing right now. And so when you look at, you know, what's, what's going on in, with the, uh, with the 10 worst states and you wonder what states are growing, Florida in 1970 had a population of about 3 million people. Okay. 1970, maybe it was 4 million. Okay. Today, Florida's population is close to 30 million people. Okay. Uh, California. Uh, in 1970 had about 20 million people. Now, today they've got about 35 million people. They do, okay? Uh, but, you know, they had about 18 or so million people in 1970, and today they got about, oh, about 35, but they used to have almost 39 million, okay? So California is dropping on the population line. Uh, they're, they're losing about a half a million people a year. Their population is dropping about a half a million people a year. Florida's population is growing exponentially. Okay, Arkansas is growing. Tennessee's growing. I mean, all these states are low-tax states. They're not just fair-weather states. Indiana is not exactly a fair-weather state. Missouri is not exactly a fair-weather state. <clears throat> but you're, you're looking at, I mean, a lot of the red states, people are moving south. They're moving to where there's more freedom. There's more freedom within the state. There's lower taxes. There's... There's better protections for the middle class, easier for business startups. Um, I mean, you don't have organizations, or government organizations like the DEP here in Pennsylvania, which is 
you know, they, it is the Department of Environmental Protection. Um, I affectionately call it the DEP, the Don't Expect Permits Department. Uh, they, that's just impossible to get past them. And of course, to build anything in Pennsylvania is near impossible to get past all the, all the rules and regulations that are out there. It takes years to get a building off the ground in Pennsylvania, whereas a lot of these states, they can get a building off the ground in, in half the time or less. And, you know, as I stated, when you're looking at quality of living and so forth, I mean, people that live in Pennsylvania will get a 30% pay raise just by moving to Florida or Texas or Tennessee. They'll get like a 20 to 30% pay raise because they're because the taxes are so much lower there. Um, and that's the truth you can bank on, folks. And then, you know, CNNBC judges out our, our 50 states based on what I would say is uh, green, cretined, ridiculous left-wing categories that no sane or normal person cares about when looking for a place to live, okay? So we consider uh, multiple quality of life factors, including crime rates. It, most normal people consider crime rates, environmental quality, and health care. You know, we look at the quality of, and, and, and of course, availability of child care, which is uh, probably one of the most important factors in getting parents back into the workforce. Casting the, wild, the widest possible net for workers means not turning anyone away. So we consider inclusiveness in state laws by measuring protections against, you know, against things as, that prevent people from being hired. Okay. And so, uh, you know, qualifications that they're built, that they're, they're people are born with. Okay, voting rights again. There are a lot of these qualities, and a lot of well, voting rights means. Uh, I mean, it's something that every state has. It's, it's the it's the the law of the land. And when you have CNNBC uh, carrying the the mantle of nobility on on declaring what best voting rights or best where, uh, they're looking. I think is to who has the least amount of watching and the least amount of restrictions on mail and ballots. You see, mail-in ballots are the worst way that to vote. I mean, it, it's, the, it's the easiest way to cheat. And so anyone who's de declaring the mail-in ballots are the way of the future, I think those those people need to reconsider. And I think people like us ourselves see that as a uh, well, as political cover for themselves. But but it, but what you have to realize is the right to you know to an abortion. What's interesting is that you have states like I just declared. You know, states like you know, Florida and Arkansas and others, Missouri, okay, they have restrictions on abortion. So what you have, and, and CNNBC has put it out there, they, they don't call restrictions on abortions. They say restrictions on women's reproductive rights or women's health care. They say restrictions are limitations on women's health care. So they're calling selective abortions health care. So CNNBC has redefined what selective abortion is. We call it selective abortion. They call it, well, women's health care. Okay. Now, what do I mean by selective abortion? I mean uh, to have an abortion for any reason. Okay. Uh, I mean, virtually any reason at all. Okay. I mean, when the life of the mother is at stake and the mother may die, is probably the only thing I can think of where uh, an abortion would be justified. A lot of these people, I mean, when the life, the health of the mother is at stake, I mean, you, you have to save the mother. I think a lot of these people have expanded that to, to include so much else out there. Really, what's compelling, again, is how people have 
broaden the the description of what abortion should cover. And because sane people say abortion should not be um, should not be anything that um, uh, you know, sane people should not be anything that um, uh, abortion should be anything that you know, sane people would want to do. Uh, you know, then, you know, of course, these people are out there declaring that abortion should be legal in any instance. And that's what they're talking about here. You know, also included in all of this um, is the right to murder your unborn child. Like I said, so something else is very stupid, uh, like the, in this in this crazy uh, survey appears to ignore that the crime and pollution problems in these 10 states and the, the, the are exclusive problems in the Democrat run cities. I and mean, what about crime itself? Look at crime in these in these Democrat-run cities. I mean, I can tell you, Philadelphia right now, the drug the drug epidemic in Philadelphia is unbelievable. People dying on the streets, shooting up and dying on the streets in Philadelphia. It's unbelievable to me. Um, it's it's really an amazing phenomenon to hear it and to see it. And I just think that it's it's something to think about. I think when you look at what happens to to people when they're using drugs frequently, they die from it. People die from drug use, okay? Or they end up homeless or whatever else. I mean, but this is what's going on in Philadelphia. Drugs are rampant. The open border has made drug, or drugs a real problem. But, you know, these and the crime is through the roof. I mean, you know, that in, 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 the, in the areas like Chicago, where they have gun laws preventing anybody from getting guns, they have more killings in Chicago than anywhere else. So people are moving out of Illinois, moving out of New Jersey, moving out of Pennsylvania, moving out of New York, and moving into these other states. So what we're seeing is a shift, and it's a demographic shift. And what you're seeing as well is by 2030, when we have the census in 2030, there's going to be another restructuring in the U.S. Congress, where states like Florida and Texas and you know Alabama and Georgia and Tennessee and others are going to have more congressional districts. And we'll have more Republicans elected in these states. More Republicans are going to be selected because these are very conservative areas. But this is what's happening is you're seeing a seismic shift in politics, if you will. But this CNNBC list doesn't exactly measure quality of life. So what they're doing is they're inventing categories that have nothing to do with our standard of living, just so they can trash our way of life in, in, in our pursuit of happiness, okay? You know, almost all violence, almost all crime, almost all pollution and poverty can be found in in the uh, the garbage piles where Democrats are in charge. Okay, you know, I mean, in all reality, though, you, you don't see that in the, in the in the states that these people are moving to. Okay, people of all backgrounds live together in relative peace and harmony while enjoying safe and clean streets, water, and air in these in these states. But the fake survey, again, that they we're talking about here is, is a good thing. It's hopefully CNBC's lies will spread far and wide, and they'll keep the destructive locusts, the green Cretan locusts, out of out of the states where, well, where they're really not wanted. You know, it's interesting that the green Cretans that are passing these laws now to to outlaw, if you will, to to outlaw, um, you know, cars. Okay. Uh, they want solar panels everywhere, and now they want to block the sun because because what's happening right now, what's really interesting, and I had a joke about it with the global warming, but what you're seeing across the country right now is you're seeing an outcry from these green Cretans as to look at the, the record temperatures in California and in the Southwest and 
this, the Pacific Northwest, the record temperatures. But what they're not talking about is the record rain that they're getting as well. They just come through a dry period for about 10 years. We had a La Nina for several years, which, which dried out these areas. What happens in the Pacific Ocean, you have two you have two events that can occur, an El Nino or a La Nina. In the year of a La Nina, you'll have um you'll you'll basically have, you know, it it just the, the weather patterns are different, okay? And in the El Nino, you'll have totally different weather patterns. So the 30 year droughts that took place in the seventeen and eighteen hundreds, in the fifteen hundreds, if you will, in this continent took place during La Nina years and El Nino years is when those drought when they come out of those droughts. So California, which is your last 10 years, has been under drought standard and water rationing and power rationing is now getting their dose of plenty of rain. Okay, the the snow the snow fields are building up with 10 feet and 100 feet of snow up there and all that snow melt is coming down and and you're seeing those giant lakes like Lake Powell and others. They're, they're late need is and they're filling up. They're filling up and uh, it, it provides the water for Southern California. So they're not talking about that. They're not talking about how we just broke the drought cycle. They're talking about the record heat numbers. Well, you know, when you look at the Southwest, it is a desert. The Southwest is generally a desert. And during a La Nina year, they're drier. And in El Nino year, they're they're warm, they're wetter, okay? Here in the north, in the northeast where we live here in Pennsylvania, in the La Nina year, you have more moisture and colder winters, okay? Hotter summers and colder winters. And you also have more wet, more rain and more snow. You have more moisture here. And in, in, in uh, I should say in a La Nina year, in an El Nino year, which is what we're in now the last few years, we've been in an El Nino year, we've had a wonderful winter and wonderful summers. I mean, Virtually, um, if you looked at, I want to say from, why don't we just say from March 1st through, uh, well, here we are approaching the, uh, the uh, here we are at the end of July, uh, you know, so, so from March 1st through July, uh, you're looking at, you know, um, four or five months of, of literally, we, we have not, uh, we had an average temperature of about 80 degrees, okay, maybe 78 degrees average temperature because you got it consider the March temperatures, but we've only had a handful of days where the temperature broke 90, maybe, you know, 10, 12 days, maybe the temperature broke 90 and we're coming into August. It's going to be very interesting. And it's been reasonably dry. I mean, you know, not, not extremely wet, but the winters have been outstanding right now. The last three winters, we have not had 30 inches of snow in three years. So that's a big deal. And, and I, I think that's wonderful. So I think I think global warming. Uh, I think the uh, the uh, El Nino uh, weather pattern that's bringing about this weather change here in the Northeast. I don't blame this on climate change. I think this is just the the cycle of weather that we see in this country and then on the planet. But whatever the case is, I think when and getting back to this list of of states, I just think that the CNNBC's ten worst state list. It was developing criteria that had nothing to do with what people are looking for in a standard of living. And that's kind of where I was going with that. And, uh, you know, when they're just talking about how these, these states are just not, uh, you know, how they, are they, they don't have enough green protections in place, things like that, which is ridiculous. But I want to jump into something else here. So let's shift gears. Um, uh, Brazil, you have, um, uh, 
you have the new president in Brazil uh, now disarming his country. So now this is a socialist. Okay. He gets elected. This guy, Luiz in, in Inacio, uh, Lula del, del, del Silva. I, I, basically, that's it's kind of like a long name, but the, the Brazilian president, okay, just signed a responsible gun control decree to further restrict civilians' access to firearms, which roll back the policies implemented by by the conservative president that was um, that's not there right. What's really interesting is what you're seeing in a democracy is that a government gives the rights of the citizens to keep and bear arms. In a republic, it's the Constitution, our Constitution, which is very, very unique. It is written in our Constitution that we have the right to keep and bear arms. Our founding fathers understood very clearly that arming the American citizens prevents an overreaching government from getting, well, from getting too out of control. I think what's very compelling on all of this, and it's been stated before, that democracies revert to socialism. It's because it's mob rule. Okay, when when Hitler took over in uh, in the thirties, he um, he changed he changed the rules in their parliamentary system by saying that any candidate who runs for parliament who does not exceed a certain threshold of votes, all right, their votes don't count at all. They, nobody wins a seat in that party. What it did was he changed the way the voting thresholds allowed people to be elected is what he did, and then empowered the Nazis to take over Germany. Now, the Nazis were controlled by about 40%, 38% of Germany, but 60-plus percent weren't that way. But because there were such heavy factions that were fighting each other, um, the Nazis stuck together, and it was, it was a problem, and it, it caused an issue with them, obviously, which brought on World War II and the killing of nearly 100 million people worldwide. But I just think, I, I just think it's, a, uh, it's an amazing phenomenon. So what you're seeing right now, and of course we know Australia, so Australia went out there, they had a gun grab, they outlawed guns, and they basically picked up guns everywhere. They threw them all in the trash heaps. Well, Brazil's doing the same thing. So this guy signs an executive order uh, forbidding civilians from having access to certain types of firearms, reduces the total legal number a person can have and own, and it reduces the amount of ammunition that people can legally buy. And it poses restrictions on shooting clubs and firearms for hunters and marksmen and collectors. So the decree establishes guidelines to transfer authority over, over the regulation and inspection of civilian firearms from the Brazilian army to the federal police. I think that's interesting, okay? which is going to now exercise exclusive power over civilian activities involving weapons and ammunition in cooperation with the nation's justice and public security ministry. Now, you know, you know, it's just to me, it's, it's amazing. So they put it out there. They, they say that when he goes in, he does this thing and he makes this decree. He says, this is why they will continue to fight for a disarmed country. It is to breed Brazilian police who have to be armed, and it's the Brazilian armed forces who have to be well armed, and the Brazilian police. We need to lower its prices. We need to lower, what we need to lower is the prices of books and the price of access to cultural things that our children don't have access to. So now it's all about the children. It's all about education. It's all about socialistic ideas, what they're trying to do. 
sounds familiar what's going on in this country, okay? The Democrats, uh, you know, they, they call it gun violence, okay? Um, I call it violence, okay? They have uh, slogans called, it's, they have slogans like end gun violence. And I like to just take the word gun out of there and just end violence. I mean, but but they like to label it gun violence, okay? If you took drugs out of society, if you actually were serious about fighting drugs in this country and took drugs out of this country or really fought to keep them out of this country, uh, you would have a lot less crime. Most crime in this country is directly related to the drug sin. We can all understand that. Um, if you look at the murder rates that go on around this country right now, you took drugs out of the out of the equation you would likely have um, a fragment left of what was murdered for, you know, for 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 uh, for reasons like price of passion or something like that. But you know, it's really interesting. So what's happening is this socialist is out there saying he wants to close a tragic chapter of darkness in Brazilian life. So he's coming out saying that we have to get rid of guns because this is a chapter of darkness. So he's declaring that this is a chapter of darkness in Brazilian life. Well, how does he get away with that? How does he get away with declaring a chapter of darkness? That Brazil's living in a chapter of darkness because people own guns. Well, let me tell you how he gets away. He gets away with it because the social media, the social media going on in that country and the, the newscasts going on in that country and the censorship that goes on in that country and the control of all the information to the masses that goes on in that country. Okay, it's controlled by the people. Okay, who want to take the guns out of that country? So what's interesting is we're watching this unfold in our very eyes. Brazil is is now at war with its citizens, calling people who want to own firearms uh, part of the of the uh, tragic chapter of darkness in Brazilian life. Okay, that's what's really what's happening right now, and and they're they're, they're describing people that want to own guard guns and bear arms and you know, for reasons of self-protection or whatever, okay? Uh, they're calling those people um, irresponsible, okay? And uh, they're, just, they're basically calling them, calling them extremists, okay? That's what they're doing. So he signs this in a signing ceremony, and he basically says, we weapons in the right hands, weapons, not weapons in the hands of people who per perpet uh, perpetrate, you know, purpose... Uh, you know, basically, not weapons in the hands of people who perpetrate uh, femicide. I mean, this is what, it's an amazing thing. Okay, so he's demonizing people who don't want to give up their guns. He's basically pitting people against people. Does that sound familiar? Because it's happening here in this country. It's happening here in this country. You pit people against each other, and that's what they're trying to do. They want to put people against each other. This is why they want to handle it. This is how they, they think they can, you know, Win elections or gain control. This is all about controlling people. So if you're if you're you know if you're wanting to you know if you're wanting to uh, to to prevent if you're wanting to uh, if you're wanting to prevent the government from taking your gun, okay, if that's what you're looking to do, then uh, you're 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 part of the problem, and uh, you know you're part of the problem, okay. I mean, you you, you want to kill women. Okay, which is what which is what uh, femicide is. It's what they're killing women. You know, they they want to kill women, or they want to, you know, they want to, uh, you know, it's amazing. 
Okay, because maybe women are the people in Brazil right now pushing this. I don't really know. They see this as a political advantage. So what these people do is they do political surveys on the ground to find out who their supporters are, how they got elected. They see these activists, they wonder, they go, wow, I mean, 60% of who voted for us are women. So why don't we just declare there's a war against women, okay? So why don't we say anybody that wants to hold a gun and wants to own a gun is, is somebody who wants to perpetuate, uh, perpetrate, you know, crimes against women. Why don't we just say that? Which is what he's doing. So he says that his decree is weapons in the right hands and not weapons in the hands of people who want to uh, perpetrate crimes against women. That's exactly what he said. Now, if that's not divisive, I don't know what is. Crimes against women. How about just crime? Why don't we just say Weapons in the right hands, not weapons in the wrong hands. Okay, well, okay, well, who are the right hands? The right hands are any law-abiding citizen and, of course, law enforcement in the military. The wrong hands are people that aren't supposed to own guns. That's what, that's what it is. But he twists this whole thing, and he says, they're not going to say not weapons in the wrong hands, but weapons in the hands of people who want to perpetrate crimes against women. So now if you want to be, if you're one of those rascally people that don't want to give up your guns, you must be one of those people that want to perpetrate crime against women. You know, he calls it thoughtful. I call it um, Machiavellian. Okay. Um, you know, I, I, I think it's really interesting. Okay. He says it's a balanced decree, which reduces the number of weapons, makes weapons um, of permitted use for the exclusive, uh, exclusive use of security forces and also limits the irresponsible expanse of the shooting clubs. So basically, he wants to get rid of any access to shooting clubs. Civilians are now only allowed to purchase up to two guns for self-defense, down from four. They've got to comply with a series of requirements to demonstrate proof of self-defense use. And then they have to prove, they have to demonstrate proof of self-proof self-defense use i don't know what that threshold is um it could be like in new jersey where when you get a when you want to uh get a gun uh, license uh you want to get a concealed carry permit in, in new jersey you have to go through the chief of police and it's a near impossibility to get i mean if you live in new jersey you it's not likely you own a gun not likely okay um it's very very hard for people in new jersey to own a gun. so uh because they have defined themselves, okay? They have defined themselves that the proof of self-defense or this the use is extremely high. That threshold is almost impossible to meet, proof to prove that. Now, I don't, I mean, in Pennsylvania, you can get a you can get a concealed carry permit. In Berks County, you can get one in about 30 minutes, okay? In Montgomery County, um, it takes you, oh, to get a concealed carry permit uh, about 30 days, okay, in Montgomery County. But at Birch County, you get one in about 30 minutes, okay? So, uh, but anyway, the decree rolled back, again, reforms that uh, that Bolsonaro implemented. It. He was the former president, which allowed civilians to purchase 9 millimeters, 40, 40 calibers, and 45 caliber automatic Colt pistols, as well as semi-automatic smoothbore firearms. So, Brazilian, Brazilian citizens can no longer legally obtain these types of firearms. So, so the decree reduces the duration of firearm registry permits from 10 years to three. So now they want people to, to renew their, their permits um, every few years, okay, depending on the firearm intended use. So active members of Brazil's police and other government security officials, meanwhile, no longer have to abide by any time limit 
on their permits. So what happens now is that you're giving special permission to the people that are in control of policing society. Okay. What's interesting. I, I just think that's interesting too. So if you're a member of the, if you work for the government, okay, you don't, well, you don't have the time limit on your permit. So now they've got two standards of, of people in, in, um, you know, in Brazil, you already have, you've got the preferred, you have the, un, the not preferred, the, the preferred can get a permit anytime they want. They, any time limit on their permits, they get no time limit on their permits. And the, 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 the people that are not preferred, okay, have to renew their permits every, you know, every few years. But this socialist imposes restrictions on firearms for hunters, marksmen, collectors, reducing the total number of firearms and ammunition permitted in each category. So, I mean, this is what he's doing. So he's basically reducing the number of firearms legally owned by collectors and everything else. He's actually going after everything. And, the, the, you know, I mean, it just, to me, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a gun grab. It's what it is. I look at this as a way for them to reduce the guns in society. And remember, this is a like a you know a warm water syndrome that gets hotter and hotter and finally it burns it. Uh, th- this really is a uh, a death by a thousand cuts. He's now limited to all of this, and even to get a permit now, you have to prove again. You have to you have to prove your you have to prove self defense use, and I don't know how they have that. It's it's not really clear in anything I've read. So don't miss that, folks. I mean, all they got to do is. And this is how they do it. They they tell you what they want to do. They say, well, it makes sense that we that they put a series of requirements that people demonstrate the proof of self-defense use. But what they don't get into is what that what that the definition is and what those requirements are. They don't get into that. That's in the, the that's in the details that comes out because you pass the law. It's like it's like in this country when you when you want to outlaw gas cars, how do you do that? Okay, well, first, what you want to do is you want to pass legislation, like in California, that says, you know, in 12 years, we'll no longer have any gas cars. You can't buy any more gas cars in the state. Okay. Um, or, and, you know, and then, of course, they, they, they go in and they, they pass legislation to make it really, really hard in the next 12 years for you even buy and sell cars. But that's not in the details. So, but how about, you know, I mean, you know, that's just, that's just, you know, in that sense, I mean, you know, you got, you want, when they pass like parental rights, the erosion of parental rights is unbelievable. Every state, let me shift gears here, folks, so bear with me, okay? Those who have been listening to me for the last five years know I do this frequently. So, so if you're listening to me new for the first time, please bear with me. Uh, these changes do happen at the speed of sound, and I understand it can be frustrating, but just stick with me. Talking about parental rights, which is something that I've been like looking at seriously, uh, across this country it's amazing to me all states have laws protecting preserving parental rights what happens in a democracy like brazil okay and others is they they suddenly say well i don't want to enforce certain laws or we will overlook those laws matter of fact we will break those laws and then we will not we will break those laws and we will not um obviously help those that want to prevent the breaking of the law. In other words, help the enforcement of the law. The law would be to protect parental rights from, you know, for, for parental involvement in their children's education as well as the children's well-being in their schools. It's state law that these things are there. I mean, even in Pennsylvania, it's there. But what happens on these school boards is they 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 don't enforce it. So they, they kind of, they get on the edges. For instance, they may have a questionnaire that children fill out uh, that 
talks about things that are going on in their world that confuses them, okay, and their identity. And of course, that is not revealed to mom and dad. And of course, in the questions, they're asked, do your parents know about this confusion? And do your parents support you in this confusion? I, I mean, what do you mean support? I mean, I guess support you in, in, the, in, in, in elevating this confusion or support you in trying to help you out of this confusion. Parents have the right to determine what's best for their children. And what you're seeing now is these schools are not involving their parents in these decisions. Okay. Uh, you have states that allow, not in, not in Pennsylvania, but you do have states like in New Jersey and in, uh, in other states that you can get an abortion, child can get an abortion without the parental consent. That's a fact in states. Um, it was a fact in Florida until oh, probably 20 years ago. Okay. But Florida, when I lived in Florida, Florida had, they, they would, a child could get an abortion in Florida without the parental consent. Now, was that written in the law? Is that written in the law? No, it's not. It's not in New Jersey law that a minor can get an abortion without parental consent. That's not written in the law. What it is, is you have a governor and you have a, an attorney general and you have elected officials who, when the state schools, I'm going to say a state agency like the public schools, want to aid a child in getting an abortion without mom and dad knowing, there's no enforcement to help the parents in this case. In other words, there's no prevention of this happening without the parents' knowledge. There's The laws are clear on parental rights, but, but the state Elected public officials, the reprobates that run these states, the evil reprobates that run these states and, and run these municipalities, prevent the parents from knowing what's happening. They prevent the the involvement of the parents by preventing information going to the parent. And it's not written in there. Believe me, there's no law in New Jersey that says per- children under the age of six under the age of sixteen can get a, an abortion without mom and dad knowing about it. It just says they have the right to an abortion, but mom and dad need to be putting their input in there. But what they're doing is they they stretch that rule out. They say, well, we thought we we thought we gave notification, or we thought we left it to the child to give notification. Whatever it is they say to get out of it, they weasel out of it. And so what happens is <clears throat> the state has to then pass laws to prevent that from happening. So you have states out there preventing laws, or passing laws right now to prevent those miscarriages, if you will, of justice, the miscarriages of justice there. And this is what the liberals are going off the deep end on, okay? So when states right now are preventing abortions from happening, they're also writing it in there that children can't get it, the schools can't meddle into this affair and make this happen without mom and dad knowing. So these are now written in the laws, and this is what is now driving these incensed reprobates crazy, because they're literally looking say, well, now we, we can't aid the children in getting an abortion. They can't let that happen, you see, because the laws are preventing it. And the laws are specific now. The laws come out there and they say, you know, anything um, under, under anything over 21 weeks or whatever, like in Pennsylvania, if your pregnancy is more than 21 weeks, you can't have an abortion here. It's illegal in Pennsylvania. In some states, it's 18 weeks. But in other states, you can do it regardless of the time. You do it right up to, right up to the birth. And we had a governor in Virginia, okay, uh, the former governor of Virginia, not the current governor, the guy that was the guy that was there, was on a radio talk show, and he made a comment about how abortion, uh, how, how you know how to handle babies that uh, that survive an abortion, and uh, you know, uh, and that's just it was an amazing thing to me. 
And so he makes this uh, he makes this comment on how to how to do this. And you know, and and and, the, and you know, it's just an amazing thing. I mean, I, I thought it was an amazing thing, okay, because you actually had, um, like I said, it, it was just I, I thought it was amazing that he said he said that we would let we would let the baby, um, you know, we would let the baby just well, we would you know basically just deal with it and put put it on the table. And we'd have a conversation about it. And I just remember the 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 woman that was watching that, the woman that was watching the debate, and of course I should say that she was looking at the question saying, I, I can't believe you said that. But what's really compelling on this is it's just, as I stated, um, you know, I was amazed that it happened. I was absolutely amazed it happened. I the 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 reporter was the the the, the reporter was uh was absolutely gas a gas over this. She, she couldn't believe she heard it. We put the baby who survived the abortion. We put that baby on a table, and we just, uh, you know, we just, uh, you know, we just talk about it. We have a discussion about it. And I thought, yeah, this is amazing. But Ralph Northam was the, was the governor, and it was just an amazing thing. This is a guy who was born in 1959. This is a guy who was born. He was obviously uh, chosen by his parents to allow, uh, allow be, to live. Okay. And he was talking. I mean, he was justifying in his mind how how a baby could be put to put to death after survived an abortion. Sit there and you know suffer on a table trying to survive. This is what happens. But make no mistake, when you're dealing with a lot of the uh, when you're dealing with a lot of what goes on in this country, and you know don't miss this, but it's the truth. When you're dealing with this, you realize what's going on with people, and um, it's to me it's it comes down to. Um, but it comes down to more than anything else is it backs into the idea that people in general are regressing into a to an abyss right now. And you've got people that have lost all sense of right, all sense of wrong. People that just don't even realize what's going on anymore. I th- I just think that's an amazing phenomenon. We're seeing that everywhere. <clears throat> what we're seeing everywhere is the uh, you know we're just seeing right now is that uh, a lot of the uh, people just they, they can't make sense of anything. It can't make sense about it, and I don't. I don't particularly understand it. I, I think that there's a lot more to deal with. Uh, a lot more to deal with. I think people that are are, you know, you. We, where do you meet people halfway who believe that? Oh, who can't decide what a woman is? Where Where do you meet people halfway who believe that you can abort babies um, that has survived an abortion? Where Where's the halfway point there? Where do you meet people halfway that want to outlaw private health care? Where do you meet people halfway that want to outlaw your gas motor? Where do you meet people halfway that, you know, that um, basically want to uh, eliminate freeways? Okay. I, I don't really know. I, I mean, I don't think there's much of a halfway point here. I mean, where do you meet people halfway that are trying to pro- provoke World War III in the Ukraine? I mean, what's going on in the Ukraine is unconscionable. I think what the Ukrainians are doing right now in the Ukraine, let's shift gears on that here. Let's talk about what's going on in Ukraine. I think what's going on right now is the leaders in Russia and I think, yeah, I mean, even China right now are wanting to see if they can who can win this next election because they don't want to deal with the with the the incompetent people who have already equated the war in the Ukraine with a Harry Potter movie. Okay, so I mean, I mean, I'm I'm finding it very amazing that people. That run the social media there are, are, are equating this to, to 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 something like to something totally out there, Dungeons and Dragons or something. They're just putting this whole thing together like like it's a fairy tale. 
Well, there's no fairy tale about the half a million people that have already died over there. This is not a fairy tale. You know, it's not a fairy tale that the Ukrainian country has no more men to fight with. That's not a fairy tale. Okay. I mean, they got nothing left to fight with. The Russians just sitting there right now. They're waiting. They're going to just hunker down and they're going to wait for the election next year. And they're just going to be there and they're going to, they're going to do what they're doing because the Ukraine, Ukrainians can't do anything. They got nothing to hit them with. They got nothing to hit them with. So well, Biden wants to put over there and get cluster bombs over there, but but that doesn't mean it because the, there's nobody to fly the jets. It's funny, uh, in World War II, when the Japanese had surrendered, they had planes, but they had no pilots to fly the planes. They had no pilots to fly the planes. They had planes, but they had no pilots to fly them. What you have now in the Ukraine is they have no more trained soldiers. They've lost them all, okay? So they don't have an army left. And so what's going on in Ukraine right now is, is the reality of it is that they've lost the war. Okay. But the Russians are just going to sit tight and, you know, let Biden, you know, embarrass himself over and over again. And, and hopefully, uh, think so. But right now, Biden is not letting Ukraine settle anything. I mean, Biden can turn around and tell the Ukrainians and the Russians settle this mess. Let's get out of here because we're not funding any more of this war that everybody would settle it and it would be done. What, the, what, what Russia does not want is a Cuban Missile Crisis, or why we call it the Ukrainian Missile Crisis. Because what you're seeing right now in the Ukraine is, is comparable to what we saw in the early 60s with the Cuban Missile Crisis. We had the communists trying to infiltrate our hemisphere with their missiles, okay, in Cuba, so forth. Well, now the socialists in Russia are nervous that we are trying to infiltrate their neighborhood with with uh, with a deterrent, if you will, I should say, with missiles and, and armament that can take out their nuclear deterrent. In other words, take out their nuclear weapons before they get off the ground. These are things they're concerned about. They don't want our missiles that close to them. They just don't. The, the Chinese are in the same boat. They're looking at this saying, what is going on here? What? See, they understand the reason for this war. They know why we're there. What The people who don't know why we're there are the people in this country that have been listening to certainly not the news at CNNBC and MSNBC and all these other fake news channels with all these other fake experts and, and the James Clappers and the, the John Brennans tell us why we're there. I mean, I'm not listening to these guys who lied about the Russian collusion hoax. I'm certainly not going to listen to a government that lied to us over and over about the COVID vaccination, how it's going to protect us from getting COVID. When they've known all along it gave us COVID, how it was going to protect people from spreading COVID when they knew all along it was going to spread COVID. They knew all along all these things about the vaccinations. Now they're out there. And I'm not going to listen to a government that's, that's, that's basically pushed this vaccination to the brink of forcing it on every American. And the Supreme Court said, no, enough's enough. This ends now. Okay, this is what... I'm not listening to those people tell me why we're in a war in the Ukraine, okay? What we need to understand is we're there for, for, for selfish reasons. There are people that have profiting in this. There's profiteering in this, okay? There's, there's a reason we're there, and I think it has more to do with the fact that we want to create a Ukrainian missile crisis, a, a Cuban missile crisis, a la, a la the Cuban missile crisis over in the Ukraine. We want to put our forces there and put our weaponry there, we want to put it there right next door to Russia. Russia say, uh-uh, it ain't happening. Ukraine will be a buffer between us and the NATO allies, which is what they want. They're entitled to that. Okay, so the bottom line is we need to stay out of it. 
And I, it, why we're in it, I don't understand, but it isn't for our, it is not for our national security, folks. Make no mistake about it. The Chinese are looking going, oh my goodness, these people are insane. Okay. The Ukrainians have no soldiers left and they're sending cluster bombs over. What's next? Ballistic missiles? What are they sending next? The Chinese are having their own moment of unbelievableness. The Chinese don't want a war. None of these countries want a war. They don't want, they do not want a global war. The people that seem to want a war are the incompetent, brain-dead people that we have in Washington, the, the people that are snorting the cocaine that are being picked up in the Situation Room. Those are the people that want a war, right? The, the coke heads, the drug heads, the stone cowboys that are in, that are in the, the Situation Room, okay? The people that, 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 that are doing that are the ones that want to perpetuate a war in the Ukraine. Trump has already said he'd end it in 24 hours because he, he knows he can't. It's not hard to end it, folks. It just said we're not funding it anymore. We're not funding this anymore. We're not funding this anymore. Okay. And so I think it's very compelling as well. So I think what we have to understand is we just got to realize what prevents Americans from what prevents Americans from knowing the truth is we don't have an America first media that's telling us what is. What we have is a propaganda machine that's promoting propaganda and nonsense. That's promoting this war in Ukraine as, as the right for, to fight for democracy. We got to fight for freedom. Well, let me tell you, folks, the people that the Ukrainians right now, the Ukrainian leadership, okay, right now, the, 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 the carriers of nobility with, with freedom and over there in the Ukrainian war, those people just outlawed elections. So yeah, just to be clear on that, they just outlawed elections in the Ukraine. So the very, the very freedom fighters that we're fighting to protect and Democracy that we're looking at the the, the the bastion of democracy over there in the Ukraine is now outlawed elections. Now you don't hear this on the on the fake news. This is not out there at all this all, all the all the media platforms. Nobody talking about it. Because if they were, they'd be outraged all over the place. People, there would be a tremendous outrage right now. Tremendous outrage. Don't miss that. And I, I just think it's just it's nonsense. Um and, and I think people are getting tired of it. Okay. I mean, they're going after Trump. They're 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 trying to go. I mean, every time there's a new a new attack on Trump, it's it's his his favorables jump. I mean, he's literally four times, five times higher than DeSantis at any state in favorables and in, in approvals for for election approvals. I mean, nearly sixty percent of Republicans in virtually every every state out there is going wants to elect Trump, and then you have forty percent breaking down everywhere else. DeSantis gets about sixteen to nineteen points. And then the rest of it goes down the line with everybody else. I mean, quite literally, I mean, he's running away with it and, and they see it. And so what happens? They do another indictment or they, or they threaten him with jail time or whatever. And Trump's just going, this isn't going to happen, folks. Trust me. They have nothing to fight him with. The American people see this as a political play. They understand this is a political play. They understand all of this is a fight. That is a real fight on freedom, folks. But they're going after Trump for document. Trump, what Trump did is what every president did. What they need to do is they need to rewrite the rules on how presidents get documents out of the White House when they leave. That's what they really need to do is define more effectively how declassification occurs and also the documents that they can take in the end when they leave for their presidential libraries and whatnot. Every president has the ability to do this, and they all do it. Trump is no different than any of them. But they're going after Trump because Trump has documents that, that have been declassified that he has that they want because they want to reclassify. 
I think that Trump has evidence on people that they want to get back. I think this goes a little bit deeper than anything else. There is, of course, the underlying issue. They want to get Trump out. They want, they want to prevent Trump from running. But I believe there's information that he has on individuals. And I think that's what's motivating them and keeping them going after him on these documents because they wanted this all along and they knew it. They, they knew what he had. I mean, they he has the inside skinny on, on a lot of these things and a lot of these corrupt maneuvers that they did. I mean, remember, the FBI was indicted for altering a FISA warrant to the FISA Corp to get a FISA warrant approved. So the FBI was indicted and a guy went to jail, okay, Kleinsmith went to jail because he he altered the report, okay? He lied on an official document to get a warrant against Carter Page. So make no mistake, folks, this occurred. This all occurred. This is the reality, and this is the truth you can bank on, folks. And this is why they're going after him, because he has evidence on these people, and they don't want it out there. And there's probably other things, because he was privy to so much information, and they're just terrified that that it's in his hands. I think that's even more compelling, okay? But I mean, uh, but folks, Trump, every time something happens like this to Trump, he picks up another five or 10 points in the polls. And quite honestly, his his uh, his, um, his money raising, his, his fundraising uh, increases tremendously. People raise money for him hand over fist. So it's really a good thing. Well, folks, look, we have to leave it there. I want to thank all of our listeners today for being with us and spending time with us today. You've been making us your your oasis of truth for the last five years every Saturday morning right here on AM Radio, 11 AWFYL. You break on here at 7 a.m., you're with us. Uh, you tune in via the Internet, and uh, people love it because it's Internet radio, if you will, anywhere on planet Earth, okay? And you can tune into this show and listen to the truth that comes at you at the speed of sound. So, folks, tune in later today for our show, The Watch. we got a great show lined up there as well. But thanks again for being with us. See you next week on The Point. I'm Clay Breeze. Goodbye for now.